1: Hello friends and welcome to the most powerful podcast ever created, the amazing pop culture podcast starring Dags and Rez. Today a powerful episode, get ready folks, and somewhere deep in cyberspace is the amazing like DJ Rez. Hello Dags, hello amazing friends.
0: I hope you're having a great day whenever you're listening to this episode because I am having a great day, just bank on it.
1: Welcome back friends, welcome back folks. If you're new to this podcast, what it is, is me and DJ Micah Rez talking pop culture. Today, we're going way back. Blade Runner, The Final Cut. And Micah, DJ Rez has a powerful 80s song of the day. Micah, DJ Rez, let's kick it off. Let's get into it. We are talking Blade Runner, The Final Cut.
0: Yes, Blade Runner, The Final Cut, which came out in 2007, is based on the movie released in 1982 by called Blade Runner. It's a science fiction film directed by the one and only Ridley Scott Daggs. Ridley Scott was big in the 80s in science fiction films. Yes. Uh, probably one of the best science fiction directors ever created, yes. I would say. Yes. A uh, movie starring a huge stable of actors Harrison Ford, Daggs, Rutger Hauer, Sean Young. Edward James Olmos and Daryl Hannah swims into your hearts.
1: Yes. Powerful.
0: Yeah. She's got uh, some really cool makeup, but I digress. The movie is based on the 1968 novel by Philip K. Dick. uh, And that movie or that novel is called do androids dream of electric sheep.
1: What a great title. Uh, Isn't that awesome? It is.
0: The film is set in a dystopian future in Los Angeles. In the great future year of 2019, still waiting for us to look like the movie. But in the movie in 2019, synthetic humans known as replicants are bioengineered by the powerful corporation Tyrell Corp. The powerful corporation Tyrell Corporation. Just lots of redundancy there. And what the replicants are made for, DAGs, is to work on space colonies this movie is about uh, a group of fugitive replicants that is led by roy batty who is played by rutger Hauer. they escape to earth um, and rick deckard who is played by harrison ford agrees to hunt them down it's like he comes out of retirement uh and he's known as as a blade runner which is a, a cop that specializes in hunting down replicants when they become escaped and they try to try to fit into the human race.
1: He didn't have um, a mountain home where they found him retired.
0: N- no, he did not. They <laughs> they found him in a in a uh Chinatown noodle store shop or something. <laughs> so, and that's when we first see Edward James almost and I didn't even recognize him at first. It took me a couple of scenes to to recognize him cuz he plays a a cop, another detective who's actually sent to hunt down this blade runner so he's like a blade runner running down a blade runner i guess yes is a good way to say it and this movie follows uh harrison ford's attempt to, to track down these four replicants now these replicants only have like a, a four-year lifespan tags and as they they get to the end of their lifespan it's kind of kind of a weird thing that happens to them it's like they start having feelings and thoughts of their own and and they start to realize that that they were just like bioengineered to, to be used as just workers working in space colonies. And that's why they only have about four years of life. Uh, but they're interjected with the memories and uh, basically made to think that they are humans and that they've been alive all along. Even though every inch of their body has been engineered by somebody from the Tyrell Corporation. And there's a couple of scenes where they actually go and find like the guy who's in charge of making the eyes and the guy who's in charge of making the brain and the guy who's in charge of like programming them. So it's kind of a, kind of a weird, weird storyline to follow, but very entertaining. Now the version that you and I saw on Netflix is the final cut that was released in 2007. Now this is the final, final, final cut that was made. There are seven cuts. Of this movie, there are five that uh, are the most known, um, and those are the work print cut, the U.S. theatrical cut, the international cut, the director's cut, and then this final cut is the other one. But they also made like a San Diego sneak preview version. They had a U.S. broadcast version when it was broadcast on CBS. So there's just all these different versions. Um, In this one, though, there's a couple of scenes um, that are different couple that are added um and a lot more violence and blood has been added to this version which if this was if i saw the original and then found out that this version existed i would have felt really cheated if i would have seen an earlier cut of this movie and then saw this one because this version i think should have been the one that should have been released from the beginning
1: that's what i'm here for micro dj (laughs) rest
0: yeah so this is um one of the uh One of the scenes they added involves a a nail to the hand of uh, Rutger Hauer and another one involves a dream sequence that makes one of the final scenes, or kind of ties together the final scene uh, of Harrison's Ford character as he's leaving with his replicant girlfriend. I hope that's not too much of a spoiler, but the movie came out in 1982, so... (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, we are celebrating this movie and even with Mike or DJ Rez and us talking about it, no matter what we say, trust us, see the movie. Watch the right. movie.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. It's one of those it's one of those classics you have to see to uh to not only knock it off your your movie bucket list, but it's it's just a classic and it it was way ahead of its time when it was made.
1: I want to talk about everything about the movie. I want to talk about the actors. I want to b- talk about the scenes. But right away, what are, what are some scenes that, that you remember that stood out to you?
0: Well, there's one that is like very memorable. It's very popular. And it's like one of like the best cinematic scenes people talk about. So we'll talk about that one a little later. But
1: today we're discussing it's going to be nonlinear because we're just stream of consciousness. <laughs> right. Uh, pun well- intended. We're just dreaming. (laughs) We're talking Harrison Ford. And I brought in Harrison Ford because that seems to be a running joke on this podcast.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's uh, the scenes with Daryl Hannah after. So she shows up in the rain trying to sleep under a pile of newspapers. And she bumps into like the guy who genetically engineers things and ended up genetically engineering these replicants.
1: Daryl from Newhart.
0: Great. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I was trying to remember, I was like, God, I know that guy from somewhere. <laughs> Daryl from Newhart. A much younger version, a 25-year-old version of Daryl from Newhart. The the scenes after he she goes up to his apartment and is waiting for Rutger Howard to show up, but when she paints her face with the white makeup and the black stripe the across airbrush. her eyes. Yeah, that. Those like I think she kinda she steals the scenes in this movie, the ones that she's in. And I you know, she's a good actress anyway, but I think her character and the way she played her replicant, kinda like the the crazy the crazy one. Chris. I mean yeah, I mean she just uh I think she did a really good job. She knows gymnastics,
1: little yeah, martial
0: she- arts, and she's trying to break Harrison's for her Harrison Ford's neck. <laughs> one of the scenes, while she's like straddling his head and trying to squeeze the heck out of it, so I th- that was a pretty cool scene. I like how she she looks like a doll. Yeah, she at- moves like a doll in that scene, just creepy. And I there's just I think that was my favorite scene in that apartment.
1: Excellent. What are some other scenes?
0: The scene where the one well we'll just talk about it now. The one at the end, the the tears and in, in rain monologue yes. um, that they also call the sea beam speech. It's only forty two words but with all the pauses that Rutger howard takes in the in the movie where it kind of it flips flips the script as the kids would say because harrison ford is you, you're trying to kill this guy who throughout the entire movie is you're made to think that he's just like this ruthless killer and at the end all you you just realize that he's just trying to live man he's just misunderstood right exactly and like I said, it's 42 words long, but it's right at the end of his, I don't know, at the end of his life, the end of his four years, and he knows it. And it just is a pretty sweet. I think With the other thing that makes that scene is all the rain that's falling around him. And uh, it's like one of the, it's a dark movie, but it's like one of the most well-lit scenes in the movie with the neon lights in the background and anything about like if you like the, the genre of synthwave that that scene i think captures synthwave <laughs> oh my
1: god i mean my so, god the synthwave yeah. the soundtrack
0: the entire soundtrack yes yeah.
1: vangelis it's phenomenal and most people yeah, know vangelis really from, good um chariots of fire right it's amazing it's an amazing and what i like about it is i always talk about uh, filters instagram filters you know like batman the last one we saw the batman yep we're just overdone but this is amazing that they got filters they got those effects plus they got the clarity yeah i mean i saw this in the movie theater and it's just phenomenal and and in the digital the digital version i saw too was great to i mean to have that atmospheric quality but like you said bright enough to see what's going on like, a lot of these yep. movies are so dark, physically dark, like you can't see what's going on. Yeah, this that, one, that annoys this, the hell out of me. In this one, like, the scene of, you know, in Pris when she was at Sebastian's apartment, I mean, wasn't that amazing? Those searchlights coming through, cutting yeah. through the fog, and, and just the, the blackness, and then the brightness, and the, the blue, I mean, it was amazing.
0: Yeah, I like when they were when he was they were walking up to his door, like you said, with the spotlights and it, that whatever that blimp thing flying in the air. Yes, in it's coming amazing. through the the glass and the and the atrium. I mean, that was that's pretty
1: sweet. Yeah, I mean, like you said, synthwave. I mean, the the big giant billboard, the animated billboard with the rain and the in the light is fantastic.
0: Coca Cola must have paid a pretty penny <laughs> to be in this movie because. Almost every scene where they show the big giant billboard there, it's the Coca-Cola advertisement that they keep showing. Yeah, the
1: Budweiser sign too. The
0: Budweiser, yeah, the Budweiser one too. (laughs) That's right. The scene where, when Sean Young, when she realizes that she's a replicant and that you could tell she was pretty bummed out about that. (laughs) Yeah, it was Uh, sad. They do that test, you know, uh, was it the VK? I can't remember what the V and the K stand for. Oh, God, it was great. The Blade Runner's will uh measure your pupil dilation yes uh and the in response to all these questions and
1: i mean the opening scene yeah
0: yeah you know that that replicant failed right away (laughs) because he couldn't even get through one question without without you know tripping tripping you know that he is a replicant but sean young's character i mean she goes through about 100 questions and her pupil doesn't Dilate at all because she's a more advanced. Yeah, I mean, replicant. just
1: the sadness when she had the memories of her mom and the pictures, and right. I mean, it makes you just question everything.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty sad, but it's like it's a really entertaining. I mean, it's just it's got layers, you know.
1: Yeah, it's a great and movie.
0: Makes you think,
1: and then I like uh,
0: movies that do that.
1: Yeah, and I always like to compare movies to movies, and it reminded me of Superman. You remember Superman 2 when they had all the villains. And they had Zod, but then they had the big, dumb, strong one.
0: Right.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's, that's who he was. And then Zod <laughs> was the leader. <laughs> right. And then I also think about Star Trek, Khan. He totally reminded me of Khan. Because oh, sure, they, yeah. they were genetic yep. modified humans. The series, the original Star Trek, the original series, the episode was called Space Seed. That was 1967. It was Ricardo Matrimon. And then he came back in 82. And did the powerful Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of similarities to me, that big, powerful character, Khan, versus Roy Batty.
0: Yeah, I can, I can see that. Is Ricardo Montalban, what another good actor. Just,
1: power. <laughs> I mean, just powerful. Yeah. And he, and he just uh, buried alive. Khan! <laughs> I mean, <he's, laughs> Roy Batty, that character, isn't he phenomenal? And just that platinum blonde (laughs) hair and just, I mean, Rutger Howard's amazing.
0: Yeah. He, uh, he nails this role for sure. The, um, couple of scenes that I kind of made me go, what the heck was that? So the first one was the first, like the first opening scene when they like fly you over Los Angeles or what 1982's version of what they think 2019 Los Angeles is going to look like. Uh, and it, it looks like a big, giant Coke refinery. And for people that live in the Twin Cities, they know what I'm talking about. They have the fl- the flames, like, shooting out of the smokestacks, and it's just rain, and there's flying cars everywhere. And it's just, it's a funny, funny to look at a movie made back then when they, you know, were three years past 2019. Oh, I was nowhere near yeah, anywhere. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was cool. The
1: dystopian noir, you had yeah. the rain, and then you had them basically looking like they are out of the 1940s. Right. But yeah, it's, it's, it's it was funny.
0: 2019. Yeah. Uh, the the other scene that kind of kind of made me laugh was uh, when he's chasing that replicant with the snakes, the one that was dancing with the synthetic yes. snakes, and he's chasing her in the streets, and he fires his gun. He doesn't tell anyone to get down, doesn't tell anyone to move, doesn't tell anyone he's a cop, <laughs> no, nothing. He just pulls out a gun and starts shooting. In a crowded street and amazing he doesn't kill anybody else you know what i mean it just it it uh it made me go what the heck is going on here that's amazing he's a good shot
1: did you ever see the movie logan's run
0: no i have not yes they had runners. same thing
1: they go runners (laughs) and they'd shoot him yeah there's so many i mean it was so great and that scene where he sees her as a as a exotic dancer reminded me of alienation do you remember that film with james conn
0: yeah i remember alienation do you
1: remember the similar scene
0: in the it was in a strip club right yes yeah so i
1: i love movies paying homage to other movies and copying movies and whether it was done on purpose or not i mean i just love all that it's awesome right yeah Yeah. i mean there's a
0: lot of picture windows that get broken in blade runner
1: yes there was the there was the shining when he stuck his head through the wall here's johnny
0: I, I, that's exactly what I thought of, but I, I was like, wait a minute. He didn't say the line. <laughs> a lot of like when he, there's a lot of holes through a wall in that last scene too. And he grabs his hand, breaks his fingers. Yes. Um, so he can't hold the gun or he has to, you know, if he really wants to kill him, he's got to prove that he can do it with broken fingers.
1: And there is a so. ton of uh, Christian symbolism, like putting the nail through his hand. Like Jesus, yep. the stigmata. Yeah, I mean, even That's exactly even, what even, I even the type of nail that he pulled out. Yeah, I noticed an old that too. Looked, nail.
0: Yeah, when he pulled it out, I was like, that looks like, uh, you know, like you see when they talk about the crucifixion all the time. He puts yes. it through his hand and you're yes. like, okay, I see what yes. they're doing. Some symbolism here.
1: Yeah, and the whole Judas thing and him kissing him.
0: Yep. Yeah, just before he yes. digs his fingers in his eyeballs.
1: Oh, yeah, and then he went full uh, Game of Thrones on him. Yeah. <laughs> or Game of Thrones went full Blade Runner. I think it, yeah. No, would I, have to I know, be. I know. <laughs> I know that came first, but I mean, there's just so much going on in this movie.
0: Plus, Roy Batty has a little Bobby Fischer in him as yes. well, uh, which was a little surprising. It's a little something they just throw in there to make you, make you wonder what's really going on in that
1: Roy Batty head of his. And then you wonder, did he really have a soul because that white dove flew to heaven?
0: Yeah, I I'm surprised that that dove stayed put. That must have been a really well trained dove. <laughs> yes, because <laughs> it didn't move a muscle <laughs> as Howard's holding it. That so, might be out of fear.
1: <laughs> we're spoiler alert, whatever. But so because we're just we're just <laughs> talking about this movie anyway. Um, the scene when Harrison Ford tries to jump to the next building and doesn't quite make it. We've seen it done a million times. Mm-hmm. He picks him up. Why do you think he saved him?
0: I think it, that's the turning point in the movie. That's where Ridley Scott wanted to to let you know that that these replicants really all they want to do is live, and they just don't want to. You know, it just it seemed like that's the to make you think that maybe you know they're not as bad as society wants you to m- think that they are. And like you said, all they all they want to do is live, and he 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 didn't want to kill anybody. He just was doing what he had to do to survive. It was kind of like that that weird turn of events. Like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Because I thought, for sure, I was like, well, he's going to kick him off this edge. So Because like I'd, I'd never seen the movie. So I thought, well, there's going to be a part where he's going to end up, it looks like he's going to throw him off. But no, he picks him up.
1: Do you think Deckard was a replicant?
0: Uh, no, I do not think he was. I think he's he's a human with the because he was he's been trained to hunt him down that he was trained to, to think a certain way about him. And because you can see him slowly changing his mind throughout the movie.
1: According to Ridley Scott, he was. Oh really? Yes. Aha! Uh-huh.
0: See, I didn't. But I didn't. Who pick knows, up but on who that.
1: knows? But some. What do you What do you think about that? He Roy Batty knew he was too, and he was kind of looking out for him.
0: Um. Well, I guess if he. Was, I guess I could see that. But then yeah. Roy
1: Batty says human. Says yeah. Human. That's the, another cool thing about cool movies. Like we were talking about that. You see different things in it. You pick right. up different things.
0: Yeah. see That would just throw everything off. If he was a replicant, when did his four years start? You know what I mean? Cause it seemed like he had a big past, which is why they brought him back from retirement. Unless that's part of the, the memory. That they put in him, you know what I mean, if he maybe he's one of the the new the new versions where they pump them full of memories,
1: yeah, the I different guess, the different versions of different worker bees versus
0: I guess if Ridley Scott said that, what it does to me is it pops holes in the plot, and now i don't that would you know i would get it's going to get me to start thinking about well, what about this, what about that? it doesn't you know it just wouldn't doesn't make any sense at the, at the surface, it doesn't make sense to me,
1: yes but Maybe he was wrong, too. Who knows? Maybe. You know, maybe he just threw that out there.
0: He could have. Maybe he was thinking about Ripley at the time and what, what he was going to do with with that movie.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but it, I loved, did you ever see the movie Puppet Master?
0: Uh, no, I have not.
1: About killer puppets. But that brings me back to Sebastian and his place with all the puppets he made, all his friends.
0: Yeah, those are creepy. are not they man. awesome? they were they were pretty good, but they they kind of have like the munchkin slash island of misfit toys yes
1: exactly <laughs> meets like monkey shine.
0: exactly. <laughs> so i mean, yeah it was they that was creepy that that's a creepy apartment.
1: But it was cool that they were practical and they weren't CGI.
0: Yeah, yeah, they were definitely humans in, in makeup running around. <laughs> yeah, <they'd, laughs> looking like toy soldiers and tinker toys and all that stuff.
1: Harrison Ford did the cool trope where he was bathing in the sink. Have you ever done that? Have you ever bathed in the sink?
0: Uh, I not as an adult. I want to uh, do that probably not since I was 4.
1: Yeah, I want to do that. You, you what you do is you 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 have both hands down on either side of the sink. You look down. <laughs> You splash water on your face and then you look up in the mirror. You look at yourself in the mirror.
0: Yeah, with, with the, you got to have blood coming down.
1: Yes, you got to have blood or
0: something because you, you just got the shit kicked out of you. Yes. Um, and it's so much blood, but after a shot of vodka, it goes away.
1: And then I also thought of Predator, you know, in the final battle between the Predator and Dutch, where the Predator sees him as a worthy adversary.
0: Oh yeah! And he, then he blows himself up.
1: <laughs> well, he knew, he was, one of those he, knew he was beaten. Yeah,
0: yeah. I gotta, I gotta like get a cool laugh like Billy from Predator, and then that's that's the way I'm just gonna laugh from now What's on. got Billy
1: then, so spooked?
0: Some out there, major. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah.
1: Blade laughs> We're all gonna die. Blade Runner, fantastic movie.
0: Yep, it makes me want to see the new version. With uh, Ryan Gasling. I almost said Ryan Reynolds.
1: I think you should see every version. It's just a great movie.
0: Every version? Yeah. But so this is, like, the final one. This is the best, supposed to be the best one. Yes. But it's I, the longest I mean, one.
1: I, I don't care. You just, it, it's just a great movie. I saw the original when it came out. I saw this one. It's just everything about it. The whole cyberpunk thing. The, like we were talking about. The, just the visuals. The soundtrack. Fantastic. And then you think of Philip K. Dick, you know, I mean, his films, Total Recall Minority Report, amazing.
0: He definitely was into futuristic sci fi, that's for sure.
1: But I love oh. how it, it wraps, like I said, the 1940s, like versus you get the 80s just because it's in the 80s, but then it's supposed to be 2019. And then it's cool, you think about, you know, back then they were all obsessed with J- Japan taking over the world. Yep. So you see that whole high tech thing going up, but then you see. The rain—I don't know—is it acid rain? Is it climate change? You know, everything about it is so cool.
0: There's a lot of rain in this movie.
1: There is, and normally, like I I always complain, (laughs) they get too hung up on that. But in this, it works. It really does. Well, yeah. I mean,
0: it fits with dystopian. Yeah, it wasn't.
1: Yeah, you just think about it. Yeah, he's just—it's dark, and you're just constantly getting rained on, and you're—you know—you're going to the little dives, and you're—you got the strip bar, you got somewhere to get a drink, get a Budweiser you know, they're smoking cigarettes, you know, goes back to the, you know, the noir of the forties, you know, that he's kind of like a gumshoe detective.
0: Yeah. No, was his gun. was his gun like a revolver or is that like a 45? I mean, the pistol, I mean, it, even his pistol, you, you can't tell if it's like,
1: yeah. It, you know, well, like said, oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Steampunk, that it, cyberpunk yeah, exactly. Exactly. Reveal. Exactly. High,
0: Sounds like a regular gun, but it's a futuristic. Highly type stylized. Gun. Yeah, there's no lasers involved, which I think is cool.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, exactly. Well,
0: it's future, but not versus as his, future as you think.
1: Versus his blaster in Star Wars. Right, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, 1982, that was... Is this before Return of the Jedi, after Return of the Jedi, and just before Indiana Jones? I can't remember how those play out. I guess yes. I can look here quick, because i was trying to place when this may have taken place in his film career when this came out versus the star wars and the indiana jones uh trilogy so this came out before return of the jedi and then raiders of the lost ark came out in 1981 so it was raiders of the lost ark blade runner and then return of the jedi there you go answers my
1: question is any a great actor
0: he is. He's really good. I, I like Harrison Ford.
1: You know, I was, I was thinking about it. It's just, just his, the looks he does on his face, his expressions. Not saying anything, but just giving a look.
0: He's got the disappointed father look down.
1: He has so many looks, yeah. <laughs> his smirks, his smiles, his the fear. It's just so perfect for this movie, too.
0: And it sucks he's getting up in age, because then you know he's not going to around. To make all these epic movies anymore you can tell some of the roles he's been taking i mean this new indiana jones one i'm not too i don't have a lot of what do you what's the word i'm looking for i don't have uh, i'm not not gonna i'm not thinking there's gonna be a lot of good stuff coming out of this indiana jones movie
1: coming up yeah but i, I don't think like that I, mean, I think about the art they created the works they made sure you know remember him in the in his prime i mean those epic movies i mean they go on and on
0: the sequel to Guns of Navarone. I yes. mean, come on. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he was the star of Apocalypse Now. <laughs> you know, I finally right? saw that finally saw the thumbnail on Netflix. They Did literally you? they literally have his face on there for Apocalypse Now. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah, like and like you've said, uh, it's they do that for the people that go, Oh, Harrison Ford's in this. I'll watch this.
1: <laughs> I mean, my God, do you really are they gonna do <laughs> are they gonna do that for every movie?
0: <laughs> really you know they uh he was cut out he was he played the principal in et but didn't make the final cut in that movie i think netflix should put him on as a thumbnail and say harrison ford stars in et even though he didn't his part got cut out
1: <laughs> I agree, dj res what is your score out of five replicants what are you giving this movie
0: uh i'm giving this movie four replicants
1: Only uh, four. I,
0: it goes along with the four he's tracking down, um, and I, it's a good movie. I liked it. Uh, I would suggest it to people who are stumped for what movie to watch, and, and I think I would watch it again if I was looking for something to watch. I, I, I could put this back on. And like I said, Daryl Hannah steals her scene, so if you're a Daryl Hannah fan like I was back in the day, this is a good movie. How about for you? How many replicants
1: So you're only giving it four?
0: Yes, four replicants. Out of five replicants. Okay.
1: So what's what's taking it down from five?
0: You've got to be the best movie ever to, to get a five rating out of me. I mean, we we've come close a couple of times with four and a halfs uh, so this this
1: isn't a four and a half for you.
0: No, it's not a four and a half. It's good. Why is it not
1: it? a four and a half?
0: Uh I just I guess I don't I just don't feel like it's four and a half worthy. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I like I mean, don't give me a four. is pretty strong. In no, I know. Opinion, I'm I just wondering. Because it's I've, just not a four and a half. Okay. Yeah. To me, it's not a four and a half.
1: Thank you for articulating that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to give it a five. Whoa. Fantastic movie. Wow. Fantastic characters, cinematography, the sound, the genre. I mean, mixing everything.
0: It's because of the origami, isn't it?
1: Yes, it had origami. It had. <laughs>
0: Speaking of Japanese paper folding, I mean, my God, you get yes. that in this movie.
1: Yes. I mean, everything, I loved everything about it. Harrison Ford was great. The supporting actors were great. I mean, Rutger Howard, the villain, he's, that's got to be one of the top villains of any movie. And then his speech. So he wasn't just some one dimensional villain. I mean, he was tortured. He was visually cool to look at. I mean, everything about it, I loved it. Great movie.
0: It is. It's It's a very good movie. Like I said, that monologue is only 42 words long, and it it is one of the best monologues in, in cinema.
1: Yeah, and, so, and it just gets you thinking about life. Like, right. Like, how long, if you live 80 years, you live four years, ten years, I mean, what does it really mean? Is it right? how much you completed in life, How much you did? Everyone talks about bucket lists, which I can't stand I put that <laughs> on my bucket list so what does that mean if you die and you you didn't you didn't go to Hawaii or I mean I don't like that either, or it's like bucket list. you have a list, so you have a finite amount, and when you're done, you're dead heck, yeah, yeah, So don't think that way. It's not about. It's not about how many years you live; it's what you experience. I'm going to start crying, and I want the rain to drip on me right now. I want to. Do, I want to do a speech.
0: <laughs> do yeah? You, you going to talk about the sea beams glitter in the dark near the yes. Tannhauser Gates?
1: Yes. Nice.
0: I want to be there when that
1: happens. Do you think if you uh, fell off, were falling off the building, I would rescue you?
0: Uh, if you were there, yeah, but you would have to. You would tell me like the history of.
1: I would mention Flock the 80s movie. yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> this of reminds seagulls. me of Flock of Seagulls. Oh,
0: my God. Yeah. You, you would tell me, you would probably tell me something about, you know, something about their history, some, some obscure song I never heard about.
1: Yes. So. <laughs> Gary Newman sampled Blade Runner. So, right there proves it. So there five. you
0: go. Five. Gary Newman.
1: Micro DJ Rez, let's segue into your powerful song of the day.
0: Oh, man, song of the day. So with the complicated undertones of Blade Runner, I had to go uh, with a song that also has complicated undertones. Um, and I went with Rick Springfield's Human Touch.
1: Your now this comedic relief, huh?
0: <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he, this song came out in 1983, and this is from his album Living in Oz. The song reached a number 18 dags on the Billboard Hot 100 here in the US. And it was also his most successful hit in the UK, uh, which peaked at number 23. This also led to a performance on the Top of the Pops. uh, And because of this being Springfield's only top 40 single in the UK, which is Blasphemy, uh, he is considered a one hit wonder in England, even though that Jesse's Girl was his biggest hit worldwide jesse's girl did not break the top 40 in england but this song did the uh the song peaked uh at 43 in 1984 and three years uh or that was three years after the release in okay and then it's also uh in the, the video game grand theft auto vice city and it is on the fictional radio station flash fm if you have grand theft auto vice city stories that's the radio station you want to turn to and you can hear human touch by rick springfield the video is really cool it's a, it looks like they're on some kind of weird space station uh him and some humans and some some aliens and they're trying to prevent a uh, nuclear meltdown um and it just uh it's a good futuristic video as well and i suggest everybody Go watch the video on YouTube. It's uh, and got two different
1: versions. The video features Marvel characters.
0: That's right. Um, it has uh, Captain Marvel, excuse me, in there from the Nova Corps. Yes, Marvel. So, I think Nova Corps are featured. That's where that's where he's at, right? He's hanging out with the Nova Corps. <laughs> Nova Corps. Nova Corps. Excuse me. But the radio edit was four minutes long, and the album version was over five minutes. Um, I guess they add a little bit more drum machine to the album version, I'm guessing. But it's got some really cool synths, and like I said, it's got some drum machines in it. Um, but it, it ties together well with the uh, the movie Blade Runner.
1: Now, Mike Micro DJ Rez, what country is Rick Springfield from?
0: Uh, he is from Australia.
1: Isn't that amazing? Is you would have, you, would, have, you would have never guessed, would you?
0: No, you never would. You can't even tell. He's got an accent when he sings.
1: No, he, so. yeah, he wanted to drop it because he got into the powerful acting.
0: Ah, uh, he was in, uh, what was it General Hospital? Yes. Good looking man yes. back in the 80s. He still all is. All the women wanted to be with him and all the men wanted to be him. Yes. So he's still with us, huh?
1: He is. Powerful.
0: Uh, nice. As oh. uh, I was gonna say, not a lot of people know this, but his grandfather, Buffalo Springfield, also had a good music career.
1: Yes. Powerful. Thank you. Now, <laughs> like your D.J. Rez, the Tyrell Corporation. Yes. You know Elon Musk is coming out with a robot. Really?
0: The, Real, the which, Optimus well, which robot.
1: One? What? Elon Musk. What's this? Elon Musk is staking Tesla's future on the Optimus robot, a human Android robot that has personality. You can check this. He has it. It's going to do the boring, dangerous, and menial work for you. What could go wrong? Wow.
0: Yeah, Ray. Right. What could go wrong? And there goes jobs. Isn't we that go amazing?
1: Isn't that amazing that in 1968, 1982, we were talking about replicants. Now Elon Musk is coming out with an android to do our dirty work, our menial work. Oh,
0: he's coming up with his own replicants, the Tesla, the Tesla replicants.
1: Yeah. Food for thought, if, Michael DeJesus.
0: If he's not careful, he's going to end up with the replicant thumb in his eye.
1: They, they come for you. That's they great. Do. Yeah. They come they, for you, Mike. There's There's no
0: uh no turning back once you start doing that. I know one of his companies is uh coming up with some kind of brain implant. Um and Neuralink. they're like Yeah, and it's like god, it just the things that he's come up with. And I know he's I read an interview with him a couple of years ago and uh he was talking about AI and the the AI that he sees, you know, that his engineers have come up with and the AI that's being engineered he He said to him, you know, you said in this interview, he said with with the AI that the people know about compared to the AI that has not been out or will not be released, he said somebody has to regulate it because it's going to become a self-thinking and it's going to just be so good. You won't even be able to tell when things are fake and when things are real. And it's just he he thinks that it's going to be. A disaster, but then now here he comes making up
1: his own stuff. The genie's so. out of the bottle. Yeah, Pandora's box it's, is open. Whatever you want to use, microdeez,
0: Man, can you imagine that? It's when already that, written, when Skylink.
1: Yeah,
0: when Skylink becomes yes active, it's going to be crazy.
1: Just wait till your uh, cribbage boards become self-aware.
0: Oh man, can you imagine that? Just yes. a cribbage board running around trying to slap you on the back of the yes.
1: <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed this powerful episode. Going back to 1982, going back to 2007, going back to 1968, we're all over the world going back and forth to the future Elon Musk's creepy robots. We just ask you one thing. please tell a friend about our powerful podcast, and please follow us, support us on social media. Twitter at Pod. We're on Instagram, Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. We have a Facebook page we're going to need you to like it. And wherever you listen to podcasts, please do us a favor. Please leave a rating and leave a review. It really helps us. And until next time, you've just enjoyed the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast. The Amazing Pop Culture Podcast is available everywhere fine podcasts are found. Please leave a rating and review where you listen to podcasts. Like and follow the Amazing Pop Culture Podcast on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And shop our Amazing Pop Culture Merge.
0: This has been an Amazing Pop Culture Podcast production.